what's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Kyle, what's up? We're uh, calling an audible this week. We thought we got nice and slick, right? We did the Friday free-for-all. Chris, is that what it's called? Hi, Chris. Hello. Yes, it is called the Friday free-for-all. Not this week, it's not. No, it is not. Oh, now it's the Wednesday wild card, baby. A little bit of a smorgasbord because tomorrow starts the month of April. And April showers bring draft dudes mock drafts. And, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just got to go with it. So that's tomorrow and Friday on the show is our last beginning of the month. I think we're going to do another one, aren't we? Don't we have a, a what would we do or something there, like that there scheduled? Are, there are more mock drafts in the cards for April other than the one that's coming. Correct. But our, our monthly mock draft, this will be our last one unless we do one in May, in which is just, this is the actual order, and here's your mock draft, and it <laughs> matches the full results. So that's exciting. It's an exciting end to the week. And, Joe, no shortage of things to talk about between uh, the Ohio State and Alabama dueling quarterback pro days that took place yesterday, the 17-game schedule that came up, Landon Dickerson's cartwheels. There's lots to get into here on the show. So let's start with the 17-game schedule. Oh, this felt inevitable. Landon Dickerson. No, right, cool. well, I had something else. I'm going to save it. I'm going to holster it. All right, sick. How do we feel about this, guys? I, I, dumb. There's, there's a part of me that's like, shouldn't I just be happy that there's more football? But I don't know. Like there's the not, whole... though. There's not. It's How the same amount of games. There's just now three preseason games. Uh, regular season football. Oh, well, you didn't specify. You just said there's more football. I'm already annoyed by like different win totals. Like we're, you're so used to nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five, seven. You, like those are the normal first things. Eight and nine team <sighs> is just gonna sink my heart. It's like seven and ten. You're like what? I I don't know. Those those are weird to me. All the statistical norms are weird to me. Like, are we really gonna care that much? when all these single season records are broken next year, because there's an extra game. Well, I think there's a couple things to get into here that, you know, how much do we see teams attack proverbial load management, which I know is a big thing in basketball with an 82 game season. I know to a lesser degree in baseball, it's kind of a thing. It doesn't happen in football because there's so few games to be played, but with an extra game, do you see a little bit of load management strategy creep in? Do you see, I don't know, but, it, but I think there's more dynamics here other than just, oh, well, it's an extra game everybody's going to play and, and records will be shattered across the board. Um, I don't like this. And maybe it's just because my entire life, it's been 16 games. Mm-hmm. And they moved to 16 games in 1978, right? So, like, this is the longest stretch of the NFL in which they have not had a change. But, Joe, let me ask you this. You're adding playoff teams. You're adding games to the schedule. Are we setting ourselves up for adding something else here in the not-too-distant future? Something else meaning more roster spots? 
No. Something else meaning an extra bye week? I think he means more teams. I mean more teams. Oh. We don't even have 32 good starting quarterbacks now. Listen. (laughs) What are we going to do? That's not the point because I don't disagree (laughs) with you. You could could probably take all the offensive lines in football and come up with uh, 21 functional ones (laughs) across the front five. We don't have the human beings. Maybe but you more have, development. But, but you have the demand. Right. That's true. That's true. So are you thinking like that throws off even more things because you have this balance now where you have two conferences, four divisions in each. There's four teams in each one of those. There's like there's symmetry here, man. We're already throwing well, it off with the seven playoff teams. I have 17 games on the schedule. And now you're going to like beef up one division. Like, well, come on going to realign the whole thing right that we just did realign we just did a major realignment 18 years ago i remember it yeah that one at least was recent especially because the colts had won the afc east more recently than the bills until last year right maybe we can get the cardinals back in the same division with you know dallas and And didn't we giants in the (laughs) nfc east The card Arizona Cardinals in the NFC. Listen, Carolina was in the NFC West with the 49ers. And <laughs> so. Were they really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew I knew the Seahawks yeah. were in the AFC West. Carolina was originally in the NFC West. And hasn't Seattle won the AFC West more recently than one of the teams in the division? Probably. Or it was they had a a championship game or a playoff win more recently than I don't know. I don't remember what this was. I think it was Seattle had an AFC, an AFC playoff win more recently than Cleveland or something like that before this oh, past year. I'm sure there's a couple of teams that have fit into that. Um, AFC West champions. Uh, Seattle, it's been a minute. It, 1980. Yeah, yeah. But we had some stat that, that was 99 was when they left. Uh, no, they won. They won the division in 1999. Okay. They won the AFC West in 1999. That's right. Fascinating. Fascinating. That's right. So, I don't know. It it just kind of feels like we're moving. We're we're talking about expanding the international series. I think I saw the rule was every team has to play one international game every eight years now. They're talking about adding sites for international games. They want to grow the game. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like, but if you start adding everything else, the writing on the wall is, okay, well, when are you going to start talking about adding teams? I think you're 100% on to something. And I think the part, like we've talked about some of the negatives, but the part that does excite me is that piece of it, the growing of the game and getting to do this work. I think I've said this a few times on the podcast. I have loved that because of football, I'm able to interact with people in Europe, I'm talking to people in Asia, mm-hmm. South America, Mexico. Can't I mean, these are people that I would never have the opportunity to interact with, but because we have this common ground and love for football and how the game has grown globally, that's been super awesome because this game's awesome and everybody deserves to get it. So I guess that, that's the silver lining to the expansion effort, including the 17. An odd number of games is weird. <laughs> There'll be no more 500 teams. Did you, do you know the two teams? I saw at least two teams, courtesy of Touchdown Wire. 
that did not have a single 4,000-yard passer in the 16-game era. Really? Yes. How many teams, you say? I saw at least two, courtesy of Touchdown Wire. Oh. You can't pull it up, but I want your best guess. Both of them. Oh, man. Do you want to okay. Work to- Joe, do you want to work together on this? Don't, let's not divide and conquer. Let's work together. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, we're in the maze together. Something about cheese, whatever that, that saying is. We're in is. the maze together. How do we get the cheese? All right. Yeah, right. here it is. Shuby and I. The blank had no 4,000-yard passers in the 16-game era, and then a separate article, the blank, a different team, had no 4,000-yard passers in the 16-game era. Ooh. Joe, can I tell you the team that immediately came the to mind? But Cutler yeah, might have done but, it. And, and, okay, so we were in the same page. That That's my thought process. Okay. Bears, but Cutler could be the guy that holds us up. That was where my immediate thought went. And okay. then from there, I didn't have a whole lot of other teams <laughs> that immediately jumped to, to, to mind. Could it be? Wait, did Eli probably had a few for the Giants, right? He probably got close, right? Oh, this is beautiful. I mean, we can't take too long on this because the listeners right. will not enjoy. Right? Yeah, well, us this, just deliberating and, and sitting here. Okay, for a Cleveland while. Browns. Unless Derek Anderson did it, I don't think he did. I'll say Cleveland Browns. Wait, did Baker do it last year? I, I, I just I wanted to be, to be made very clear that we talked about working together, and you just threw out an answer without even completely discussing it with me. I just want to make it's that true. very clear. I didn't but, say this is but, my official answer. Uh, you kind of did. It was with the emphasis in say which Cleveland you guessed Browns. <laughs> so I guess Kyle, the Cleveland Browns are one of our guesses. No, that's incorrect. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't I don't have any understanding of how that turned into one of our guesses. I was talking out loud, thinking it through with you, Shu. No, Joe, you you said it with quite a great deal of confidence. I don't. Now, do you want to know who the thousand the four thousand yard passer was for Cleveland? Yes. There's only been one season. Was it Derek Anderson? It was Kelly Holcomb. It was neither one of those players. Derek Anderson had thirty seven eighty seven in two thousand seven when they went ten and six and missed the playoffs that year. Vinny Testaverde. It is not Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde, 20th. Vinny Testaverde never even passed for 3,000 yards in a single season with the Browns. Is it Tim Couch? It is not Tim Couch. Tim Couch had 3,040 as his highest. That was in the ballpark. I have a guess, by the way. Go ahead. I would like to submit the Jacksonville Jaguars as a guess. That is also incorrect. Okay. This is glorious. Are you going to make guesses without consulting me? All right, let's let's finish this. We're not going to act like 2017 Blake Bortles happened. You're going to forget Joe, about that. Baker Mayfield yes. is fourth <laughs> on the all-time passing record list for the Cleveland Browns with 3,827 yards, which he posted in 2019. Bernie Kosar, 3,854 in 1986. The top. Okay, two- wait. Did this guy play for another team in his career? Is he known for playing for another team? No. The okay, only team mind. he ever took snaps for in his entire career was the Cleveland Browns. All right, then my guess is no. Then I'm the out. only 4,000-yard passer in the history of the Cleveland Browns in the 16-game era, Brian Seip, 1980, All-Pro, Browns went 11-5, 4,132 yards with 30 touchdowns. I, I'm here to tell you, we were going to be here all day. Yes, if that's you correct. Asked us that's correct. That. Now, Can you tell us the two teams? I just want to get the Jacksonville Jaguars correct. I think Blake Bortles did it once. Yeah, he did it in 17. I'm pretty sure. 2017, yeah. Joe, Joe's already grilled me for making that an official guess. One of them, Chris, you should know. It's the New York Jets. <laughs> so, okay, do you, want to know the, do you want to know the only reason why I didn't guess the Jets? It's because that Fitzpatrick year where he went absolutely just 
ridiculous. But yeah, like thirty eight hundred. Like and he almost took yards. them to the yeah. So yeah. that was the one that I was like, nah, he did it that year. Okay, so Mark Brunel also went for. Mark Brunel passed for 4,367 yards and 96 for Jacksonville, which I believe was their second year of yep. existence. Yep. And yet that season he had more interceptions than he did touchdowns. Oh. 19 versus 20. All right. The other team, the Chicago Bears. Oh, come on. Should have trusted our gut, Joe. Should have trusted yep. our gut. Damn. Do you know who came closest for the Chicago Bears? Trubisky in 28. Uh, it's not. It was not. How many yards Smith. did he have that year? Trubisky? Yeah, didn't he? I mean, I thought he had a really good year in 2018. He didn't have 4,000 yards. Didn't he get hurt? Maybe. Didn't we yeah, have a he, bet going he on, two, on that? He missed, yeah, he missed two games that year. He passed for 3,200 yards that year. Oh, and missed two he games. He was 11-3 and three as a starter that year. Yeah. Eric Kramer in 95 first passed for 3,838 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Jay Cutler was next closest on the list with 3,812 in 2014. But Jay Cutler was also benched in week 17 or week 16 that season in favor of Jimmy Clausen. Oof. There you go. A little bit of fun trivia. Two teams, no 4,000-yard passers in the 16-game era. We have been telling you about our friends at Built Bar for quite a while here on the Locked On Network, Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now is the time to find out which flavor of Built Bar takes the title of the most delicious, courtesy of Built Bar Madness. You can go to BuiltBar.com or to Bar underscore Built on Twitter to follow along with the bracket. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who claims the title of Built Bar's most delicious flavor. Can we talk about Landon Dickerson now, please? Yes. He tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. And he's in the background of Mac Jones's interview yesterday doing cartwheels across the field. And he's like a 200 or 325 pound center. Yeah. Like tall too, like six, four, yes. six, five. Yeah. He is a national treasure. He's going to mess around and get drafted in the first round. Somebody's going to say, I don't care about the injuries. He's smart <laughs> as hell. He's a power center. He's very clearly athletic if he's doing cartwheels the way that he is. And the fact that he could do cartwheels three months removed from tearing his ACL is incredible. Yeah. I think he'll be ready for week one, right? You would certainly think so. And he's not a guy that you, you didn't care one bit about his workout, right? You watch the tape. There's just there, – he's a center. The, the athletic right. profile you weren't concerned with. The, the tape speaks for itself. But. It'd be different if he was like a space player. Sure. Yeah. But he, yeah. he's a gap power center anyway. Yeah. You're going to be playing with bumpers around you the entire time. Yeah. Not that he needs them. Pittsburgh, 24? Ooh, yeah. They, they, need, they need that type of Wouldn't player. That, if they feel comfortable with his medicals, and I know we got the, the medical check thing for mm -hmm. uh, the quote-unquote combine coming up here in a week or so, that'll be a lights-out pick. I don't hate it. They need – to reestablish that offensive line and um, to have that center in place is inevitably they're going to transition to somebody else besides Big Ben in the near future. Having that center in place would be really good for them. So I, I like it. 
I'm glad like you idea. mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned that because Mike Tomlin was at the Ohio State Pro Day. Yep. And we saw him a little bit chatting up with Justin Fields. Where would you put Pittsburgh on the and I thought of it when I'm watching him talk to Justin Fields. If Justin Fields ends up being QB5 and, and undertakes this ridiculous oh. slide, oh. would Pittsburgh be that team that would be like the completely out of left field team to trade up and make that stunning move for a quarterback? Could you see that happening? Yeah. I mean, they, they went all in on Devin Bush. They moved up like 10 spots to get to like 10 overall, 11 spots to go up for Devin Bush. and. Pittsburgh's a team, they're in a really unique position because they've never had to rebuild, right? It's always been fine with Pittsburgh. Right. They've had like a couple mediocre years in blocks, like the Tommy Maddox era at the end of that. And then like you were fine. You were everything to Tommy to Ben. It's always fine. And they've never really had to undergo this process. And while they're going to have to give up probably three first round picks, you know, two to trade up, one to invest in in fields. They would reset that quarterback position in in one heck of a way because they're probably going to be a mediocre football team this year. And so that's going to put them in no man's land. They're going to be like the Bears this year or Washington, just on the outside looking in when it comes to quarterbacks. And they probably th- look at their defense and say, this is a championship caliber defense. We got good wide receivers. So, you know, look, they're, they're in a really interesting spot, and I do think as a, like a wild card team, I dig it. And you think about Justin's style of play versus what Ben used to be. Oh, yeah. Cutting it loose and throwing it down the field and some longer developing concepts and mixing and matching that with what they've become with Ben with so much yeah. of like the quick throws, the design screens and the, the, the rhythm stuff in the short game. And Columbus is just a short jaunt down the road yeah. from Pittsburgh. It's, that's, that's, you know, fairly local kid for them. So I don't know. I just kind of saw the, that conversation and I'm like, Hmm, I might file that one away because if fields ends up undergoing the slide, if San Francisco takes Mac Jones and Carolina or Atlanta end up pulling the trigger on Trey Lance, and you get to, like, Denver at nine as a team who we have heard teased, or at least I've read teased from Ben Albright, may be just as likely to go back as they would be to invest in one of these quarterbacks, depending on who falls. Or if you get another, like Detroit at seven, you know, and then they – they don't like Justin Fields as their long-term investment and they want to go a different direction and Pittsburgh's willing to give you what San Francisco gave Miami to come up and Detroit as a team who already has all these yep. first round picks to work with because of the, they're playing the long game step. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like just keep it in the back of your mind because that, that's not been a team that I've seen tied to quarterbacks in any mocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to, throw them into the mix, then you would assume that like New England could potentially cut them off or Washington could potentially cut them off or Chicago could cut them off. But like, if you're willing to go that extra mile and give it up, like that would be a good fit for Justin Fields. So Ohio state had their pro day yesterday. So did Alabama. Yep. What do you make of Kyle Shanahan being present in Alabama, not Ohio state 
and with his most recent comments about now that I'm, I'm at number three, I don't have to hide anymore. I hope he was paying attention to what he saw. Because again, hopefully we're, he got we're, some video of what he missed. We are trying so hard with Mac Jones. We are trying so, and I get like the, the mental aspect and the intangibles. People are going to love like the work ethic. I get it. But like they even talked about it on, on the broadcast of, about, you know, he doesn't have the physical tools of these other guys. And then 20 minutes later, somebody's on there talking about getting a chance to see Mac Jones's mobility and how he's more athletic than what we thought he was. And okay, congratulations. Our expectations were cinder blocks on your feet. <laughs> like that was the expectation right. when you watch Mac Jones maneuver and try and extend plays and like, yeah, he, you know, if you, even if you boost his 40 time, he had a better 40 time than what I think what anybody expected. But if you put these guys in a lineup, like he stands out as a sore thumb as the worst athlete of the bunch by a mile. Yep. And yet we're on the broadcast talking about, yeah, get a chance to see Mac Jones move around in the script. They're trying to move him around a little bit. They like that cute little quarterback catch there is the, the last play on the script and all that kind of stuff. And he threw, he overthrew a number of deeper balls as pro day. I don't know if you saw the video of Belichick after the one. I know, yeah. I don't, I'm sure that's not what Belichick was reacting to, but of course right. that's what everybody's going to take out of context and be like, oh, yeah, Bill's, Bill's out on Mac Jones. But it's just, I'm surprised that we continue to see so overwhelming, and it makes me feel like this is actually going to happen because Kyle Shanahan was there. And Kyle Shanahan did say he doesn't have to hide anymore. What's your, what's your vibe on that, Shuby? I mean, you're, you're somebody that I think is very analytically minded, and so I'd be really curious to get your take on all that. So I, 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 I saw these comments, and I was confused by them at first. Does he mean that, like, he couldn't go to the other pro days because that would give away what they were going to do? Mm -hmm. Or that now they've moved up to three, he feels comfortable going to visit the quarterback that he wants? So if they wanted Zach Wilson, the trade would have had to have been done before the – it just feels weird the way it's phrased and the way that he said it, and it just confuses me. But to Kyle's point, there's a lot of smoke here. Like, it just, it's building and building and building to the point where, like, it feels almost inevitable, which is a very weird thing to say here, you know, a little less than a month out. But I'm confused by the whole thing. All of it confuses me. Especially because we, we just saw – an Alabama quarterback come into the league and kind of have this rude awakening of, of when you don't, when four out of every 10 of your pass attempts aren't RPOs and play action, life's a little different. And that's what the Alabama offense is. So I know we're beating the dead horse here talking about the dynamics of Mac Jones, but you know, it was, it was front row center and I don't think he threw the ball particularly well at his throwing session, his second throwing session, and, and yet he comes out on the other side, and once again, it's all in inevitable. He's going to three. It's smelling like a rose. Do you think part of the challenge that I think a lot of people are having with this is I think the football community loves Kyle Shanahan. He is – Yeah. Everybody loves him. He's a trendy coach. He says cool stuff. He's got great, you know, media availability sessions. Very insightful. 
got some swag about him, right? I think the dilemma that a lot of people are having is they didn't want to like Mac Jones. But now that there's this growing belief that Kyle Shanahan likes Mac Jones and Kyle Shanahan's super smart and he's got a really cool offense. Oh, well, I I better, better really reconsider my position on this because I can't disagree with Kyle Shanahan. Do you think some, some of that's creeping into the minds of people? Like if this was a different team, if this was the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and they moved John up to, Elway, right. if this was John Elway, it'd be, it'd be the butt of never-ending jokes. But Kyle but Shanahan people, deservingly has a sterling reputation as an right. offensive coach, so it's kind of like unstoppable force meets immovable object a little bit. Or at least it feels that way. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Joe, you said you had something in the holster. Yeah, I do. I'm sure you guys saw Bruce Arians getting that Tampa Bay Buccaneers tattoo Super Mm -hmm. Bowl champions. Mm -hmm. So I wanted reaction from the group. And I'd also like to, I'm not asking anyone to go on record. But as three passionate fans here, should you see your team win the Super Bowl in your lifetime? I mean, what type of – how are you going to memorialize that? Are you getting a tattoo? Are you doing, what, I mean, obviously you'll buy the shirts and hats and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, have you processed this? Where are you guys at with this? Good for Bruce for pulling the trigger, getting the tattoo. I guess I feel a little bit conflicted about getting a tattoo because I'm, I don't want to say I'm just a fan, but I'm a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. Bruce is the head coach of the Bucks. <laughs> it's a little different, I think, than, than being a fan of the team. Now, would I ever get a Miami Dolphins tattoo? I don't know. Every tattoo I have is is – significant for its own unique reason and represents a different chapter or or era of my life uh, and and is very meaningful to me. Should the Super Bowl, if heaven forbid, for everybody else's sake, the Dolphins ever go on to win one. (laughs) I like how um, you phrase that. (laughs) I'll be out that day. I won't be producing this. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'd be out that off season if I were you. I'd be out until the next Super Bowl, maybe. Um, if I were to deem that one of those meaningful chapters in my life and, and you know, it's, I have, I owe a lot to the game of football and I owe a lot to the Miami dolphins for the passion that I have for it and how it has prompted me to pursue my dreams and passions and, and eventually carving out a career for myself in sports media industry. So I, it's hard to say, and it's, it's really hard to wrap my mind around that possibility because I haven't seen a playoff win since 1999, 2000. I don't think Shuby's getting a tattoo ever anyways. Joe, you know me too well. Not a fan yeah. of tattoos, not interested. <laughs> is it the tattoos or is it the needles? 
Uh, it's just the whole process. Right. Just I don't have I, I I don't have that kind of time to just you know set aside to just sit in one spot and let somebody ink a part of my body. No thanks, Joe. Man, um, I don't know. I probably wouldn't. I probably mostly because I got one tattoo and it sucks so bad. And I think about like going back. That's just in a some- bad spot, though, dude. It's like, my that's arm. A pain- How is that a bad spot? It's it, my upper arm. Yeah, that back part towards the armpit is a painful spot. Oh, dude. I don't know. Like, it was so bad. I'm like, I don't know what would get me back in this chair. You know, it's like, it's expensive and it hurts. Like, those are not, I don't, that doesn't work for me. Let me ask you this. Would you ever commemorate your daughter? With Think about it all the time. I well, just don't go. know what to do. What do you do? Do you do the initials and the date? I don't know. But no, I've, I've, I've seen the, uh, you know, how they do the ink footprints. Oh, man, seen somebody cool. do one of those somewhere. Yeah. Something to think about. Get you back in the chair. <sighs> yeah. My do- trust me, my daughter has a better chance to get me back in the chair than the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Let, let me just be real about that. <laughs> okay. All right. So with that out of the way. Anything else football related? I mean, Colt Miller signed Wednesday. How about Colt Miller in this new deal? 18 mil a season? 18 milli Colt Miller. Yeah. Top five paid tackle in the NFL. Here's what I love about this. Is this is somebody that we can point to that grew and got better, right? Like, just like... Just to stay patient. Right. Like, your career is not defined by your first or second season in the NFL. Colton Miller earned that contract. He deserved it. And I love the growth and I love, I don't know, as somebody who really gets annoyed by how quickly the football community will write off players because their expectations are too high for them as rookies. Subtweet me too. Who am I subtweeting? Not you. No. Why would I say that about you? You get it. You get it. Please continue. Wait, I want to. What, what, what were you hinting at there? Kyle wants me to move on. Um, yeah, I just like that he's a great case study poster boy for the. Oh, players can get better, and athletic traits are worth giving a longer leash to. Right? Like maybe if you like the context of the player matters. Mm-hmm. Colton Miller came in the NFL super toolsy, unrefined, like. We should not be surprised that he wasn't an all-pro year one or year two. But when somebody has that type of athletic profile and they have the flashes, I think you extend that leash a little bit longer and the payoff could be one of the better left tackles in the game. And he got top five money at left tackle, Mm -hmm. which is made a lot easier because the Raiders decided to get rid of every other starter (laughs) they had on their offensive line. So they just said, all right, we're going to give it all to Give it all to Colton, except that obviously they brought uh, Richie Incognito back. Um, but yeah, Joe, I think that's a great point, and that that's a, a cause for the, we say hope springs eternal, right? In, in the off season for all thirty-two teams, and it's the hope that players who underwhelm. Um, this is what like the fourth straight year that John Ross is coming into a breakout year. Oh, boy, kind of the nature of the off season, right? It's, it's, right. This is the year. And for some guys it is, and for some guys it's not. But uh, the the fact that you have the chance to come out and 
redefine the narrative around your career and some guys making the most of that is really cool to see. I would agree wholeheartedly. Be really cool to see you guys come back tomorrow and Friday for our first round mock draft. I have a proposition for both Christopher and Joseph. Yes, Kyle. Go ahead. I would like to include all 32 teams. So the teams that are outside the first round, we do a separate mock and we just sim to when that team is, has their first pick and we make a mock draft selection for all 32 teams this time. So welcome all to the party, yes. the Rams, Texans, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Who else? Maybe we'll trade back for Seattle. Get them some trade, extra picks. Get them some extra only picks. Got, yeah. Always a good idea. Is there any other teams? Evans got available for them. Um, I believe that's the three as things currently stand. Okay. Well, we do that. let's party with them. Cool. Cool beans. So that's what you have to look forward to. All 32 fan bases getting at least one pick. So come back. See us tomorrow. See us Friday. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to Draft News Podcast. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.